From the headquarters of the United Nations Development Program, this is Nature for Development, the podcast about nature, people, and sustainability. I'm your host, Maddie Craig. For this episode, we're joined by Sarah Rogerson, a researcher at Global Canopy Program. Global Canopy is an environmental organization that targets the market forces impacting forest loss. Sarah is here today to speak to us about the most recent Forest 500 report, which identifies the 500 most influential companies and financial institutions in forest risk supply chains and investment portfolios, and scores them on their commitments and actions to tackle deforestation. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you for joining us, Sarah. This year, the Forest 500 report is titled the companies getting it wrong on deforestation. It mentions the main agricultural commodities that are driving deforestation. These are beef and leather, soy, palm oil, timber, and pulp and paper, things we find in many of the products we use every day. And many companies have set commitments through platforms like the New York Declaration on Forests and the Consumer Goods Forum, with the ultimate goal to eliminate deforestation from their supply chains by 2020. Could you share a brief overview of what this year's report found and what the status is on these company commitments? Of course. So, uh, yeah, as you say, many companies have signed up to or set their own commitments to tackle deforestation. But unfortunately, the overall picture at the moment is bleak. So although there are some relative leaders among the companies, there are many more laggards which are holding the rest back. Out of the 350 companies assessed, 140, so that's 40%, did not have any deforestation commitments for any of the commodities they're exposed to through their supply chains. And that proportion shows very little change since 2018. Even those with commitments are struggling to implement and meet the goals that they've set themselves. And the world as a whole is not on track to meet the 2020 target. We found that this year, 18 companies had removed or delayed the deadline for a commitment and four had actually removed a commitment altogether. We also noted a lack of reporting against commitments. So nearly half of the companies with at least one commitment did not report progress. And without progress reporting, we really cannot tell how close these companies are to achieving the goals. What is the value of producing a report like this and promoting other resources and data that track company commitments And how can this information be used to promote and motivate action by companies? Forest 500 is a watchdog which is able to track company commitments and call out those that drop or weaken their commitments. It's important for companies to know that they're being tracked and that they shouldn't set commitments that they won't be able to fulfill as they'll be held to account by us and by campaigning organizations. It also showcases and rewards companies who are transparently setting and implementing strong commitments and their progress and can help companies to see what their peers are doing. Tracking commitments among the most influential companies and financial institutions also lets us identify the gaps and where other interventions or greater engagement might be necessary. For instance, the proportion of companies headquartered in China that had deforestation commitments was far lower than Europe or North America. Thanks, Sarah. Despite what you've shared on the overall lack of progress globally, are there good examples of companies that scored well in the rankings and which have shown progress? If so, what are they doing well that other companies can learn from? As an example, Nestle scored highly. They're the third highest scoring company, and that's particularly impressive given that they are exposed to and assessed for so many com- commodities. 
They have particularly strong commitments for their sourcing of palm oil, soy, and paper for packaging, and they score well for reporting and implementing these as well. They also have strong social policies, which they apply across all of their commodities. That's good news and a good example to learn from. For the companies that scored poorly, what are some of the challenges they face in achieving their deforestation commitments? And did you find any evidence for the reasons why the company commitments are falling short of successfully being implemented? Certainly. Companies are struggling to implement deforestation commitments, and many would have set these commitments five years or more ago without any idea of how they could achieve them. Many companies struggle with complicated supply chains or with having enough leverage to drive change in their suppliers. Importantly, a discouragingly high portion of companies still have no deforestation policies, which does make it harder for companies with commitments to deliver deforestation-free supply chains, especially where these companies without commitments might be their suppliers. And while some companies continue to do nothing, we will not be able to achieve deforestation-free supply chains on a global level, which is really needed to tackle this problem. Yes, that makes sense. For a large consumer-facing company at the top of the supply chain, there are a lot of layers of policy, tracking, and reporting required to monitor the forest loss along their supply chain. And it's a good point about needing to address this issue with an all-in approach, requiring all companies and governments to take action. But how can we achieve this? If many companies are falling short of their commitments, what is the way forward? What do companies need to do to step up? And what are the enabling conditions necessary for successfully eliminating deforestation from agricultural commodities? So companies that do have commitments need to be more transparent on their implementation, the problems, but also on their supply chains to really open up the middle of supply chains to more scrutiny and pressure. In order to move those companies that haven't even acknowledged the problem, we need greater pressure from these leaders and from elsewhere. And this is where governments can also play a part by requiring action from companies. They will level the playing field between the leaders and those companies currently getting away with doing nothing. Governments in consumer marks could set requirements on due diligence for sourcing to tackle this. And finally, financial institutions also have leverage over the companies that they finance. And they can require or encourage action by making deforestation-free standards part of their financing agreements. Speaking of finance, the report also ranks financial institutions on their deforestation policies. What is the role of finance in the deforestation problem and how are these institutions doing in terms of reducing their forest footprint? Yes, we also assess 150 financial institutions that were identified as providing the most finance to the companies in the Forest 500. Financial institutions are assessed for all four commodities due to their exposure to each through the different companies and sectors that they finance. And this year, 68% did not have any policies for any of the commodities. So that's 102 of the 150 with the most influence that have no policy on deforestation. And only one in five had deforestation commitments for all of the commodities. This is despite over 200 international financial institutions signing a statement requesting companies to halt deforestation in the Amazon. Um, interestingly, of those more than 200, only 14 of them were among the most influential financial institutions with the most influence on tropical deforestation. And then among those 14, only seven of them had any deforestation policies. 
So other than the immediate social and environmental impacts of deforestation, why should companies and financial institutions care about this? In other words, how will a lack of action on deforestation affect their bottom line? Companies are and will continue to see more pressure from governments and consumers, which will affect their overall reputation and also their profitability. For example, the EU Commission announced that they're considering introducing due diligence legislation, which would put a requirement on companies to mitigate the environmental, social and governance risks in their supply chains. Ultimately, companies will be forced to comply with new standards, whether they're set by governments, financiers or retailers. And this will impact the access to finance and markets if they do not take urgent action to tackle deforestation in their supply chains. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks again for sharing the results from this report and your insights on the way forward for tackling deforestation from agricultural commodities. It was a pleasure to learn from you. For our listeners, you can download the full report online at forest500.org. We hope you join us for the next episode of the Nature for Development podcast. Till next time.